We are here rejoicing in a risen Jesus Christ. And we are able then to say, He saved me and He had the power to save me because He did indeed save Himself. And He didn't save Himself at a point where He was at the brink of death and then come down off the cross. He went further. What He did was even more marvelous. He actually died and spent three days in the tomb and then rises again himself of his own volition. That's even more amazing. I mean, if he had come down off the cross, then we might say, well, well what? He, 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 he just he managed to recover from death in the brink, brink of time. Just, just, just at the last moments, he managed to save his own life and then he managed to get us down off the cross, he and his disciples or whatever, and, and we all got saved. What, they got saved physically? That's it. They were going to die later on. They, they, got, they got saved. Their bodies were saved from death at that time. So what of that? What Jesus Christ accomplishes is, I die and rise again, indicating that His saving power is not merely to save the body, but to save the soul. To give eternal life. That you might pass from death unto life, and from the power of Satan unto God. This is a life that goes beyond merely existing here in this time. This is life that begins now and goes into eternity in the bliss of being in the presence of God Himself. This is not just some short, snappy, little, blissful experience. This is eternal life. At least someone's awake. <laughs> someone's rejoicing. This is... This is for real. He had victory over the great enemy that is death. And this man begins to fear God. And that's where you need to begin. If you're without Christ, you need to begin to fear God. You need to fear the one who can destroy both body and soul. See, this man, he didn't seem to have much of a fear of death itself. To be hanging on the cross, engaging in mockery before this with the other malefactor... He's not much concerned about dying. He doesn't really care about death itself, the physical aspect. But there's something more here. It's like he gets a glimpse of eternity while he's hanging on the cross, and he realizes that the God, the God he had turned his back on and rejected his law, this God is going to hold him to account as soon as he passes out of this scene of time. And that grips his heart with fear. He begins to realize that he is in condemnation. Do you see that? Verse 40. Seeing thou art in the same condemnation. We're, all, we're condemned. We're condemned. This is the problem with most people today. They don't feel themselves to be condemned. You know what they do? They write the law of God according to their own standard. Thou shalt not commit adultery now. It gets rewritten. It, it nowhere seems to indicate. Oh, it's fine. I can, I can live with... Whoever I please, I can, I, can, I can. we can go and live together. Have a trial relationship. Maybe later on we'll get married. No! God's Word is plain. Whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And this man's crimes are beginning to haunt him. And his conscience, his conscience is beginning to get, to get the better of him. He feels himself to be the condemned sinner that he is. And he fears God. Now, some of you are here this morning and you don't feel that and that's your greatest problem. You don't understand the danger that you're in. And you're engaged in all sorts of filth. 
and all sorts of sin and you're not in any way concerned about it. And that's the greatest problem of your condition. 